I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this. For my city, for my coast, for my culture. This is my declaration. This is the best rapper in LA podcast, 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 podcast. What up, though? And welcome to this episode of Best Rapper in LA podcast. If you're on Patreon, you're getting this early. Thank you so much for supporting patreon.com slash merch 316. One song and one freestyle every month, a meetup every month, and various other goodies when I can make the time. This is really a probably a really interesting era of my life. It's painful for me to listen to some of this shit because the rapping to me is so bad and I've gotten so much better. But this wasn't that bad. There's technically two bad songs. We made a remix for the worst song on the album, which is um, way tight in my opinion. Without that, I'm, I'm not doing too bad. I mean, the juvenile lacks perspective, all the stuff of being young, but fuck. So this is 2000. It came out, somebody says October 2000. I've been texting people trying to figure it out. I don't know when it came out. 2000, though. I was 22. So I wrote this when I was 21, 22. Imagine. This is the cover. It's me sitting on graphics, which was, which was revolutionary at the time. Kind of pen and pixel because I was, you know, still in No Limit and all this stuff in front of the Bay Area, but my own spin on it. Um, I'm holding a wiffle ball bat, wearing velour Sean John baggy pants with Osiris D3s. Look it up. I have my long goatee and a white tee because, you know, gangster shit. On the inside of this is me at Mum's The Word Studio. So I had left the Bay at this point. Moved back to L.A., couldn't take it anymore. Uh, got my own apartment after living with my mom for a little bit down on Burnside and Pico in Midtown. And I met this dude at a people under the stairs. He used to have these annual barbecues. I don't know if it was Labor Day or whatever. Des used to have this place out in Harvard Square. Had a lot of dope backyard parties there. Des used to have this house out in Harvard Square. Had a lot of dope backyard parties there. And I was there with Will I Am. Battle Des Rocky hit him with the old school. Will had the desktop. Making- Double K and then invited me. And uh, someone happened to take a picture of me with this white dude named Todd Mumford. This is actually the first time we met. I had no idea he had a studio in my neighborhood. I had no idea who he was. I had no idea he was going to produce Mercer of the World. But from that spawned a friendship and a working relationship. And someone happened to snap that picture. I don't know what possessed that person to take a picture of me and Todd talking. We had never met. and Someone took the picture of the moment we met. So that's on the inside of the CD. Album technically has no song titles. There's a pin on the side. And at this time... My homeboys were doing street team for Puff Daddy and uh, Bad Boys, the dudes from my neighborhood. Shout out to Street Elements. And I believe one of them told me that they showed him the shit. He had, they had it in their car. And he was like, this is brilliant. So Puffy's always been a, a, someone I looked up to on the business side of things. And so to get that compliment. So the little pin on the inside says, Merch rules the world. And I guess I took this idea from people understood because they had a BD in the side of theirs first. I thought I did it first, but um, my memory serves me wrong. So I'm going to give them credit. Um, but there's blank. All the titles are blank on the back. I don't know why I was so obsessed with this wiffle ball bat. This is also after I spent the summer in Chicago recording the Netherworlds album with him, himself and Anacron. And I don't know if we'll break that into a separate episode or put it in this episode. But I was hit. I definitely 
slap somebody in their sleep with this and hit somebody with a wiffle ball bat. I was traveling with a wiffle ball bat, using it like a cane and smacking people with it. <sighs> One in a start fight. That's like the, the okie dog influence. So Mercer was the world, obviously, my star is rising. I'm on this shit. The dude who owned the studio with Mum's Word, and it's on San Vicente and La Brea. I think it's where Jurassic 5 near where they took their cover. Um, Zen from Visionaries lived across the street from the studio. I would see him often. Um, I didn't know he had, you know, he's he's he he, he, he talking about some some street cred. It's him. So uh, but he was cool, you know. So the, I'm walking from Burnside and, and Pico. I feel like, yeah, because I don't have a car yet. I don't know when I bought the Cadillac. Um, somewhere around then, but you know, I'm day drinking. I remember my ex-girlfriend from high school, um, who I never kissed or anything, but she was amazing. But she was my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, she's just a good friend. Uh, she came to visit me, and I was like walking out the street with her drinking 151. It was wild times, man. Wild times. So I'm straight drinking, having a gun. But obviously, I'm medicating because I'm fucking scared. I'm on edge. Like my neighborhood is now in a in a in a in a beef with not cross town. Like people have cross town beef. LA is like these motherfuckers live across the next major street. That's it. That's what cross town beef is. It's right there. And um, I'm not a gangbanger, but I hang out with a couple gangbangers all the time, and they see us on the porch together. So I'm, I'm, you know, guilty by association. Uh, but yeah, that's so. Immersals the world comes in, like so. Um, also, who owned that studio where I was walking to every day, drinking, carrying a gun, whatever, smoking cigarettes. He did the beat for Immersals the world. I don't know where he is now. Um, but dope game publishing. He was registered before I was, that's for sure. Guess what? Merce rules. Everything you touch and see, not a portion or a smidgen. The whole fucking world is under my jurisdictions. No restrictions, my volition. From the way I rock the mic, you might have had the suspicion that Merce rules. My new composition, athlete title, smacking rivals, rock revival, Um, oh, album cover was done by Patrick Martinez, who is now a famous artist who does neon lights that sell for like hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. He's a great artist. And um, we did this cover, I think, at his mom's house in somewhere near Pasadena. I sat with him while he did the whole thing, cut out shit. Imagine what Photoshop was like in 2099 when we were working on this. He did this cover in Varsity Blues for me. Now he's famous. Um, shout out to Patrick Martinez. I think that's it. Let me see. It should be in here. Yep, Patrick Martinez. Catch and Wreck. Merciful's Award I got away with using... Everything you touch to see, not a portion or a smidgen. Jurisdiction and volition. Volition, I got to use volition in a rap. I got to say smidgen in a rap. I got to say I reckon I'm the sure shot for hip-hop consumers. Got to shout out the south side of Tucson, where I was hanging out and people drank, but I discovered Bud Light around this time, which was amazing. Oh, shout out to everyone on the south side of Tucson. And dedicate hitting the payphone with a quarter and a dime. That was a big upgrade, guys, in technology. Payphones were a thing still. And they had just raised the price to 35 cents. Way to go. Either they knew they were on their way out or they thought they were better than they were doing. It's not funny how like shit like that could bring about your own demise. Like, you're going to raise the price on set payphones and their cell phones out here? You better get your shit together. So that was... Uh, yeah, but payphones are out. Dedicate this rhyme to everybody who cried when they killed Optimus Prime. First time I, I, I cried, emotionally cried, was when Optimus Prime died in Transformers. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I don't know what in the early anime they thought they were doing, 
But motherfucker, and I guess if I wasn't from the hood, it might have been even worth it. That nigga Megatron blew Optimus Prime whole shit up. Cause he blew it up. I fear the wounds are fatal. Do not grieve. Soon, I shall be one with the Matrix. Prime. Uh, uh, I had some pretty complex rhyme schemes in there. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of this song. And we went into Living Legends. It has Dr. Oop sample on it, Living Legend. Doot, doot, doot. And it made some Spotify playlists because it has 1.4 million streams. And this is on our 12 inch, my one of my first 12 inches. And on the cover, we have Rest in Peace Rob One. Rob One passed away around this time. Rob One is the DJ from CBS. He's the reason I got to meet Guru and Premier when Hard to Earn dropped out. He was working with many labels, and he was so kind to me. He used to work at Beat Nonstop, and I think it was Street Sounds Records on Melrose. Just one of the OGs in the scene from, from Shapeshifter CBS that was so kind. When a lot you go on a hip-hop store and some guys were dicks, on Melrose especially. He was so kind, and um, I say this all the time, Mike Karen, who was president of Atlantic Records, I don't know what he's doing now. Me, Mike Karen, um, Jesse Shack, and he would mentor a lot of us, man. He let, you know take us to the Pasadena Fair to go swap me to go record digging, telling us like that's where the rare records were back in the late 90s. Um, taught me so much about street teaming and hip hop and just being a cool dude. Not You know, I would have calmed down, man. A lot more had I listened to Rob. So um, me and Tumex are both wearing, and Todd Mumford. So Tumex is from Midtown as well. And he's from the other side of the tracks, but we were very cool. Him and his best friend Memo and me and my best friend Terry, we all went to WrestleMania together. I bought us four tickets around this time to go see WrestleMania. Me and Tumex to see each other. He come in and record with Mums. They did an album called The Mind Clouders. Sun got suns, a chronic hometonic, wrapped in a bonnet of vomit. God damn it, our planet. Don't just can it, then scan it. Remember, return it and really run rapid. More than just a marginal profit. I'm popping And I, I, be, I was doing Mercerals at the same time. I was going through a little bit different stuff. He was going through his own stuff, I'm sure. But I was, um, you know, like I said, I was on the verge of being, you know, fake-ass cripping and taking penitentiary chances to protect myself. Um, so Living Legend, just, you know, still repping for the crew, as always. I'm not, not bad bars, you know what I'm saying? Um, I Hate Your Boyfriend, which is the standout hit, I think, as far as streams go. More streams than any other song, except for the one that was on a playlist. Damn, did you see her? Jesus. I wish my boys was here to see this in their wildest dreams. They couldn't possibly conceive this. A vision of perfection, a goddess, Venus. I mean, this girl has so much charm. Wait a fucking minute, what's that on her arm? Goddamn, can someone please tell me that that really ain't a man? I don't mean to be rude, but there's no way in hell that that really is your dude. Sorry to be an asshole, but let me play my part. Now, and this is just how you feel going to shows and hip hop, and every girl hits you with the I have a boyfriend. Oh, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend. I don't know how much of that too coming up now that I go back we were when you look at hip hop Living Legends was a legendary crew in the fact that we had white people and black people 
rapping on stage together. That still doesn't happen a lot in hip hop now. Like Brockhampton now, um, Run the Jewels now, but felt like I was rapping with a lot of white people. And I, it was normal to me because I moved around a lot and, you know, my high school was mixed up. So I had a lot of, and I was always in the like magnet programs, like for accelerated kids because I had a higher IQ or whatever. So fucking with white people wasn't new to me, but it's new to America to see people mixing like that. It's like Sly and the Family Stone was a mixed band, but Sly was the front man. Like we had Grouch and Eli right at the front with us. You know, from 3MG on, like, I've always had white people involved, and that's strange to America. They're not ready to accept that, I guess. So while we do these shows, we're bringing together groups of kids whose parents weren't mixing races or cultures like this in our country. And we don't really look at it as the socioeconomic experiment that hip-hop was at the time, especially indie hip-hop, but it was. But we had a crowd full of mostly white people, and we're black people with white people. It was weird, man. And it, and it is weird. So I hate your boyfriend. Like, I got told that some of these women just were uncomfortable sleeping with a black guy for the first. So I have to convince you to have a one-night stand. That's what rappers are doing. And I have to convince you to have sex with a black guy for the first time. First one-night stand and first second time I have sex with a black guy. Then everyone in your little city sees you leave with the black guy, which is another thing. Because even in the porn industry, I learned later on, that once you film a scene, if you're a white woman, you film a scene with a black person. And I don't know if this is true, but it's what I heard from actresses your price goes down. So I can imagine your um, social equity takes a dip or, you know, your 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 social status takes a dip when you date a black guy and a white... I don't know because I'm not a white person, but I'm assuming that some white guys will shame you for... or white people will shame you for dating a black guy, especially if it's a rapper and you fucked on the first night. And, you know, there's a stigma that comes along with that. And a lot of rappers older than me, not a lot, a couple rappers older than me helped me break that stigma. Like, why would you shame someone who gave you sex after knowing you for just 30 minutes? Be nice to that person. Be friends with them. That's what I learned. I started, like, treating groupies nice. Groupie wasn't a negative term until hip-hop got involved and all the bravado. But, like, someone that will watch, you know, doesn't fuck you necessarily, but might take you to the doctor when you're sick. Might fucking, you need all that help. I wish groupies had a better name or better reputation because you need that when you're on the road. You need a girl that might run you to get some Taco Bell after the show. Give her a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can hit on her, but don't make her feel super uncomfortable if she's not what you know when she's into you and she's not. And if she's not into you, fucking just have a friend. It's better that if you've been on a bus with a bunch of dudes, better to have a girl that's just your friend in every city. If you, Even if you're not fucking them. Trust me, young rappers. Just be kind. Anyway, um, All Day is the next song. I got to sample all day, every day from Outcast and give it to you 24 7 on the microphone from Pasta News. Everybody for coming out to my song. If you don't know the words, then nod your head and tag along. It's just a journey through some thoughts and feelings that I had. Just a rap, rap shit. Talking about dancing with girls, not being so rap, I think. Um, I don't know all these songs, too, because these songs technically got listed. I didn't even name them for... When, we got, when I sold my catalog or list, licensed my catalog to Empire to upload all my back catalog, I didn't name the songs. I had Eamon, our Living Legends, manager or what, I don't know what to call him, had Eamon um, upload it and name them. Because I'm not, I'll never name these songs. Because this is an era of CD where everyone said, oh, you like track two? You like track three? And I was like, what the fuck am I agonizing over naming these albums for? Or naming these songs when people were just going to call it track three or track four? Y'all name the shit. That was the whole impetus of it, behind it. 
But yeah, I don't remember much. I'm sorry for that song. That that song, that album is special to me because um, my homeboy E, who I rap about on uh, Risk It All, I think he had, I, think, I don't think he had passed away yet, but I think he had already got shot, some more shit. But um, we listened to Outkast together, and he was a crib from my neighborhood, but we, his mom was dating my dad, and he, uh, we had to take the bus from Midtown to Van Nuys in the Valley. It was our punishment to go to summer school, so we just get high as fuck. And we, you know, ghetto kids, we didn't have a lot of money. I bought one tape, a promo version of Outkast for $4. It was the only hip-hop tape I could afford. And we would share a headphone and listen to fucking Outkast all the way there and all the way home. We had one tape, one Walkman. That's a long ass bus ride. Um, so that all day, every day was important. Moving on to making music, uh, that would that be so okay. All day, and I hate your boyfriend. Produced by Todd Mumford, and then five track five was produced by Diverse. I remember Diverse, but I don't remember Diverse. Diverse was dope. Yes. Uh-huh. That's one of my favorite songs. I love the music. Shout out to Diverse wherever you are. Um, Slide my knob. Um, it's number six song. We call it number six. And she bumping number six like nobody's business. I got these fools confused like, man, what is this? That number six. No, I'm sorry. I think on that almost Famous, I don't know when that came out, but I think that was rapping about the number six from Good Music. This is when I thought I was going to make number six on every album uh, a slutty song. Six is a nasty number, bad number, whatever. I was going to make a nasty song. So this, I made the first one about Ladies First, about... Um, going down on women, and then I made this song about going down on men, but this is also after a time where it's trying not to shame women for going down on men or making it such a power thing. Still kind of assholes, but it was all tongue-in-cheek. How I like to dedicate this song to every girl who suck my dick. And from the bottom of my heart, girls, I really mean that shit. All praises to your lips. For the many nights of bliss, I mean you gotta love somebody this album was recorded all over the place. Merciful's World was written in my apartment. I can remember writing it. I was the guy with a mattress with no frame because I didn't know how much mattresses cost, but I bought a mattress and couldn't afford shit else. Box spring mattress. That's it. That was the couch that I had since I was born. My dad sat on that couch. I had more time with that couch than my actual dad, but he did sit on that couch. I had a Dreamcast, TV that sat on the floor, and a kitchen that I never used. Um... Yeah, and then we get to the cha-cha interlude, which I think is amazing. I don't know why more people just don't let that play. On the way tight. Number song track eight. It's called Way Tight on Spotify. Now when I'm not making death threats to Judge Judy, I'm at the crib innocent of both from Thug Beauty. Or maybe it's the club out trying to hug cuties. A true MC, I definitely love movies. If I had them, i get at them. And I mean, with a swiftness, I need a housemate that's paid. Best friend slash mistress. The worst song on the album. I don't know why I was still yelling choruses um, into the microphone. No, no, inf- Not enough inflection tone. It's a bad song, bad hook. I mean, the lyrics are already always okay. You know what I'm saying? I can't be a bad lyricist at this point. I care too much. I've had too much experience. By the year 2000, I'm like, this is, I know how to rap. But am I making the best choices with my words, themes, subject matter, with my delivery? And I was not on the song. And I was still learning right hooks, definitely. Which brings us to 
In the Zone, which is one of my favorite songs where I was learning playing with the cadences, not having to rap fast, but still changing up the flow. Been caught telling friends to give up, drunk myself into depression, screaming, I don't give a fuck, then brought. Telling friends I give up, drunk myself into depression, screaming, I don't give a fuck, then shots. What fight in my direction definitely helped me realize that my life is a blessing, say I ought. You are now in the zone. It's the same thing. Way tight. Someone, a kid I signed to Warner Brothers brought that up to me. Like, that's your MO for like Bad man. Bad man. H-U-S-T-L-E. Hustler. A main part and then a subhood. There's probably a musical definition of it, but that's that was my MO. So, yeah. Way tied. Way tied. Way tied is what I be on this mic. Way sick, way raw, way fresh, way hype. Way tied. The type of dames that I like. Way thick, way fine, way bad, way nice. Way tied is what I be on this mic. Way sick, way raw. In the zone was, you are now in the zone. You now in the zone like that. Something that repeats and then something that rhymes. For the record. So that was my go-to for hooks uh, before I started trying to come up with melodies and things like that. Or God, I would love it when people scratched in the hooks or talk for me, like Joe Scudder and uh, all people up Fonte, people I got to collaborate over the years, doing an album with Fashion. A long way since my days as a criminal. And now your boy owns the biggest show, showing these young niggas how to make a business grow. Shout out to him if you're listening to this. He has a new album dropping soon on Fresh Art Records. His new song, This Town, is really dope. Produced by Servette Toronto. Yeah, um. I want to, I want to. And you don't stop. Better brown. You don't stop. Capital F. You don't stop. Uh huh. Yeah. Yo. Let me try this. Let me get this shit right. So, so many people I admire. Of course, Nate Dogg. But um, he's a master of hooks. I've been trying to get my bars up. Grouch has some good hooks. Motherfucker, be nice. Play nice. nice. That's nice. We nice. Motherfucker, be nice. Play nice. That's nice. We nice. You ever smile at a motherfucker and they don't smile back and you like, motherfucker? What's wrong with you? I took a deep breath and wrote this song for you. I know you. That was in the zone. Um, one of the better beats on the album. I still I listen now. It was one of the songs I really liked. Um, and it was me talking about drinking and depression. Imagine that. Imagine being 21. No, at this point, yeah, 78. Yeah, 22. You know, just a legal drinking age and already being an alcoholic. And I avoided liquor longer than a lot of my friends. I didn't start drinking until we, we moved into the outhouse, really, because I couldn't sleep with Crouch making beats underneath me, in the room underneath me, not directly underneath me. So I got addicted to like uh, 
buying cheap liquor to just, just go to sleep for Budweiser 40 ounce or Strawberry Hill Boone's Farm, $1.99, and just start drinking about eight so I could be passed out at some point and not hear him making beats under me. Yes, talk about drinking in depression for the first time, I think, in that song. And this is the album right before Varsity Blues, where, and that thing is, you can look at, like, this is right before I had a nervous breakdown. Um, that's what I made Varsity Blues after that. I was on pills and all kinds of shit. This, this is right before all that. Never did I think, yeah, this is, go back, you can look and see. This, I guess this is like journaling. This is what I, that's maybe it's why my, my raps aren't as successful. My mom always says I'm too specific. I need to be more general. I need this. Is, these are basically journaling. Um, I did it like that. Let's get down to brass tacks and the rare ass facts. I pit my style and strut my soul over rare ass tracks and like to tear ass whack MCs. Just, I always wanted to use that. Paul Revere is one of the first story raps I ever heard, first rap songs I love. I wasn't really feeling ill communication, but I think this is around the time Hello Nasty dropped, but I had gone back to ill communication. I was really in the check your head. And so what you want? Like the more I did music, the more I started to appreciate the Beastie Boys for their growth. And yeah, so then, you know, I just worked. I wanted to, I did it like this. I did it like this. I always thought that song was horrible, so I would never listen to it. It's not too bad. Um, you want my move. He had this microfiber shirt. You know the kind of stretch. Shit was so tight, man. I swear it hurt his chest. Some black designer belt that was choking his waist. Some young black slacks showing no taste. Some shiny church shoes. He was a hopeless case. So I went back to my drinking thinking. Merch rules the world. And let's not forget this. Dude. Great story. Not as bad as I thought, but it was really clowning like uh the, the the flat hard bottom shoes guys because this is a time when I would wind up in a club here or there and just the corniest dudes. But I realized like because I don't take pride in my appearance, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's just and I don't think it's a bad thing if you do. I just don't. That's not one of the things I pride myself on. But because a guy does and he gets the desired reaction because he puts his effort there, why would I hate? But I used to hate on those guys too. And this before right before the affliction guys took up with guys that used to wear like microfiber shirts and slacks from JC Penney or wherever the fuck Armani Exchange. And you know, they we're in San Francisco, we're in Oakland, we're out in LA. So those guys are everywhere. You know? They drive the BMWs and they get the chicks and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like who are this fucking herb? And I don't know who did I'm a dime and I'm so fine. You know I'll blow your mind. It's a little offbeat, but we did have some this is kind of like um when I make great albums, I think I feel like great albums. I like like Have a Nice Life, Mercerals the World, Love and Rockets Two. It's just me rapping and then getting the I'm a dime and I'm so fine. You know, you boy that like getting female voices is is really important. The balance of the energy. I love a female energy or voice to compliment me and not too many other dudes rapping. I think those are my favorite style albums because I'm still trying to make Mama Said Knock You Out, which I think is a classic album. This is the, and also, if you look at my career, that's why I put 14 songs on on some most albums. I try to get around 14 because that's what uh, In My Lifetime, Volume 1 by Jay-Z, one of my favorite albums. I think Blueprint, uh, but Mama Said Knock You Out is definitely 14. Um, it's a magic number for me. It's a magic number. Yes, it is. 
It's a magic number. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my peers. Put suckers in fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Explosion. So after you want move, move. Um, you want my moves. Time out. Basically, when, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the balance of I hate your boyfriend. Instead of blaming someone else, it's me looking at like, you know that you just want me. Don't be jealous. So it's me trying to balance out uh, myself on this album. And then like what? It's me rapping over Gandalf being interesting. Like, I rarely got beats from the people in my crew. I say good God, grab the mic and get loose Showing just a little energy to get the crowd juice The music that we produce, not your everyday stuff It's some sauce that make it smooth when the road gets rough Make you forget how to act when it's too laid back Not just myself, it's for the fans that are on these tracks And never could have come whack, my support be crushed I gotta stop and make a big and adrenaline rush Don't need no video crush, stand straight when I bust it If you can't do the same, then I suggest that you rush You say we doing too much, they just out of touch We take the stage and keep it jumping like a game with double touch So, it was amazing And I've been rapping Eli Beats forever One of the first beats I ever rapped to was Sunspray Recorded to was Sunspray and it was made by Eli. And he had this bouncy track that was kind of up-tempo. I shouldn't have tried to rap fast. The first verse is kind of trash. The second verse is better when I'm just like, na 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 um, But it was a good song to perform, too, because I would go crazy. And I remember performing that. And uh, yeah, it got me over crowd. Like, if you don't know the words, so it's on that energy and that bounce kind of got everybody up. And he, like what, like what, like what is something everyone can say. So it's me doing new hooks that are catchy, definitely influenced by, I think Nori was out by this time. So it was definitely, yeah, for sure Nori was out because A Plus got us to listen to, got me and Aesop to listen, Aesop the Black Wolf, to listen to Nori on uh, the High Road tour we did in 98, 99. So Nori was out and Nori's second album is one of my favorite albums. Yo, I got coke for y'all niggas, dope for y'all niggas, hoes for y'all niggas, shows for y'all niggas, my star tech niggas, motor roll it out, zone coaster, hold my dick on a poster, smoke weed now till it's a little roacher, I'm a fiend, gotta have that hydro green, flip on hoes, bitches trying to say that I mean, stuck up, I hear my team lean down. Um, the next track is Sucks to Be You. It rules to be me and it sucks to be you, so mind your fucking business as we do what we Probably the chorus I'm most fond of to this day. I love the beat. I love the concept. Um, like self-empowerment, hip-hop, um, self-deprecating Tony Robbins vibes. I love it. Um, people still come up to me about the song, tell me they like it. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I, I can't f think of a better embodiment of who I am in that song. And my patterns were on point, and I got a little alliteration in, and I gave credit to Tumex because he killed the alliteration game on Audible Angels. Attention all audible angels Before billions burn, before brains blow Communication cannot calmly converse Demographics delegated, disolluted, diverse Evidently, eventually everything ends First fascinate friends, force foes defend Gradually the greater good grows and graduates History has holes, however humans hesitate I invest indigenous interests Journals journey justified Ooh, You know, we were in the same studio at the same time Once again, so that vibe was heavy And we were hanging out a little bit um, I'm trying to think of the playing Pokemon on planes, pinning pure poetry, a product of pressure and pain, audibly angelic, partially prophetic, 
So you gotta give me credit as I accumulate your interest. When I'm out on my travels playing Pokemon on planes, pen and pure poetry, a product of pressure and pain. Audibly angelic, partially prophetic with these underground expressions. So you gotta give me credit as I accumulate your interest. My style been relentless since the days I hop in fences, dodging enemies, let loose on the industry. Great writing to me. Um, and I was able to put it on beat for once. I think I've been decent with my, my rap writing for not say since the beginning, but I, haven't, I wasn't trash. I just didn't have, I was. I couldn't find a pocket to save my life. And I thought I was still pocketly challenged on this record, but I'm not as rhythmically challenged as I thought. I nailed that delivery. I nailed that hook. I nailed the vibe. I nailed this song. Everything, it's hard. Like when you're painting or writing, there's something in your head and it's very rare where you're like, oh, that came out just like I love, I think. And you may think that for the first couple of days, but for me, 21 years, looking back, remembering what it, what that was like inside my mind, if that makes sense to y'all, and being able to manifest it perfectly and then going back and be like, yeah, I nailed that shit. Um, and it's also about working in the studio. Like, I've, I've rumored that Dr. Dre is that way. Like, you, Puffy, is, we've seen him do it. Like, you got to say it again, again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And uh, I've gotten out of that habit, thanks to Ninth Wonder. But it's something that I think, and, and DJ Fresh, but also I've gotten better. But I think that I need to get back to that. Just making sure it's perfect because I love coming back to Sucks to Be You. That's what people call it on number 13 on Marshall's War and be like, fuck, I killed that shit. And I'm sure Todd Mumford had to do a bunch of takes and I'm from the old school, so we didn't do a lot of fucking punching in. And I could see us in the sweaty room in one of the pictures, me and Todd busting our ass on this record. Then Way Tight Remix, we won't even talk about that. Um, I forget what, I think the remix is the one I wrote it to. I think that was the original. Now when I'm not making death threats to Judge Judy, I'm at the crib penicin' of folks from Thug Beauty. Or maybe it's the club out trying to hug cuties. A true MC, I definitely love groupies. If I had them, I'd get at them. And I mean, with a swiftness, I need a housemate that's paid. Best friend slash mistress. But yeah, that is... Uh... Merce rules the world in a nutshell. Guess what? Merce rules Everything the world. you touch and see, not a portion or a smidgen. The whole fucking world is under my jurisdictions. No restrictions, my volition. From the way I rock the mic, you might have had the suspicion that Merce rules My world. new composition, athlete title, smacking... Love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. If you haven't joined uh, Patreon, consider www.patreon.com slash Merce, M-U-R-S 316. This has been the Best Rapper in LA podcast. This has been Mercerals of the World. Next up is Varsity Blues EP. But enough of that for later. Let's get one thing straight. Whether you trying to write a rhyme on the net killing time. Backstage snorting lines. At work on the phone or at home with your girl. Just remember one thing. One thing, bitch. Mercerals the world. 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 Corrections for this episode. I say that my homie E's mother dated my father. That would be impossible almost. Uh, his father dated my mother. She, They lived next door to us. We lived in Midtown. And they started dating. After that, other correction, I say Tony Robbins self-deprecating. I meant uh, self-empowerment. I didn't mean self-deprecating, but you know what I meant about it rules to me, me, and it sucks for you. Tune in next week. The episodes are going to get better. I'll, I'll be um, executing them better. Thank you. <laughs>